0: In the sports and fitness industry, joint ventures between companies are becoming more and more popular. One reason for this trend is the integration of technology into traditional sporting equipment, but such collaborations require careful legal consideration to ensure the separate and combined intellectual property of all the parties are protected. Finnegan attorneys Dan Chung and Aaron Parker join us now to share their insights on this growing trend. Dan, there are any number of joint ventures. Tell us about the most common ones.
1: A business venture is the most common type of joint venture. That's where the JV partners will work together to bring products or services to market. Another type of JV or joint venture is a research venture. That's where the parties will combine together to form another JV and work to improve on or develop new technologies. The form of the joint venture can be a new and separate entity, and that can be the vehicle for carrying out that defined project or business goal. These include corporations, LLCs, what have you. Or the JV can just be a contractual arrangement between two or more entities without forming a separate company or entity. Specifically in the sports and fitness industry, the types of joint ventures have been pretty diverse. Companies within the industry, like fitness equipment manufacturers, have joined together to expand their market footprint and presence. And companies have even looked outside of the space to look for partners to leverage their brands and technologies in a crowded industry. We've seen this with fitness apparel companies collaborating with consumer electronics companies to offer connected health and other fitness-oriented wearable devices. And more recently, companies have formed JVs in response to industry trends and opportunities. These include traditional sports leagues teaming with video game companies to form their own esports leagues, and also traditional sports leagues collaborating with gaming companies to deliver sports betting platforms.
0: Aaron, what are some of the advantages of joint ventures in the sports and fitness industry?
2: The joint ventures offer several advantages for players in the sports and fitness industry, depending on their business goals and strategies. The joint ventures can be formed to exploit new markets or opportunities, for example. Companies can address a crowded or tight market by teaming up to effectively compete. This includes the example that Dan mentioned of a fitness apparel company collaborating with a consumer electronics company to offer products in a crowded wearable space. Joint ventures can also facilitate entry or expansion in foreign markets. One example is that of a golf company that formed a joint venture with a Japanese apparel manufacturer to design, manufacture, and sell the golf company's apparel, footwear, and headwear in Japan. A company can also partner with a local entity to enter a foreign market that may have restrictions on foreigners or the entity may have foreign IP that may be a barrier to entry into that country. JVs can also provide certain efficiencies. JV partners can share R&D costs and can catch up or adapt in areas of rapidly changing technologies, for example, faster product development. Joint ventures can also reduce the risk exposure. A joint venture party can reduce the risk of infringing the IP of others by sharing or combining IP for the joint venture. And finally, joint ventures can provide access to more capabilities, including new or complementary technologies and IP, marketing prowess of others, manufacturing and workforce capabilities, as well as research capabilities.
0: Dan, what kinds of companies are seeking each other out for collaborations?
1: The types of companies in the sports and fitness industry include both large and small companies. For example, a small company like a startup that has the technology and the know-how will seek to collaborate with a bigger or more major company that has the financial manufacturing or marketing capacities to commercialize that technology. And as Aaron mentioned, domestic and international entities can team up to enter or expand in foreign markets. And most typically, potential competitors will collaborate to form JVs to combine resources and develop new products and expand within their own market. And there are many other types of companies that have sought each other out, and this depends on the specific project or business goals. For example, startups may team together to pool resources and diversify their technology and IP portfolio to attract investors or to just grow their business. Aaron, once companies decide to move forward with the joint
0: venture, what steps need to be taken?
2: There are a few. One important step is to understand and solidify the scope and goals of the joint venture. The JV partners need to be aligned on the purpose and the reasons for joining the joint venture, the contributions and obligations of each entity, and also the benefits that each entity expects to receive This includes an assessment of how IP will be allocated, who will own the IP developed by the joint venture, and whether there will be restrictions on the use of the IP developed or allocated to the joint venture, and also what contractual obligations may apply to that IP. Another important step is that companies must do their homework before entering into a joint venture. Conducting due diligence of the IP positions of your potential partner's IP, as well as your own IP positions, is critical. Due diligence includes evaluating the scope, strength, weaknesses, and potential problems with your co-venture of IP and your IP. Doing so will help you assess and adjust for potential risks relating to that IP. This due diligence should also include an assessment of potential risks that might arise from the commercial goals of the joint venture. For example, is there a risk of infringement by the product or service that JV intends to sell or provide? A freedom-to-operate analysis should be conducted to understand those risks. And finally, Dan,
0: what are some issues companies should consider to ensure their IP is protected?
1: A lot of these issues that companies should consider kind of dovetail to what Aaron just spoke about. One issue is, as Aaron mentioned, the initial allocation of IP and how that initial allocation of IP will be transferred to the JV. What that means is a company that's going to enter a JV needs to know what and how much IP will be pulled into the JV and how that IP will be transferred. Will it be an assignment of ownership or will it be a license of some sort? Another issue that companies need to consider are the ownership and license rights of IP that's developed by the JV itself. That means what, if any, rights will a co-venturer have to IP that's developed by the JV? So again, you need to consider what the joint ownership pitfalls are you also need to consider, for example, in a license, what the scope of that license will be, whether it be exclusive, non-exclusive, and what other terms that the parties may want to agree on to ensure that their IP is protected. Another issue that companies need to address and consider is how the JV will protect IP rights. So that means oftentimes parties may disagree on who the targets will be in enforcing IP of the JV. For example, one JV partner may not want to assert IP against a potential customer or a current customer. This also means how the JV will protect IP that's being developed, including where patent applications will be filed, whether or not patent applications will be filed. Will they be protected by trade secrets, for example? And finally, companies need to consider what happens to IP at the end of a JV. In other words, once the JV terminates, what happens to all the IP that was initially allocated to the JV and what happens to the IP that's been created by the JV? Will they be reassigned back to the co-venturers? Will they be licensed to the co-venturers? Will there be cross-licenses? All of these types of issues must be considered when a JV is terminated. Our guests have been Dan Chung and Aaron
0: Parker, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.